0: You're basically saying the uh, best team in baseball is calling you up and saying, hey, this is your genius zone, and you're actually surprised by
1: it. I am, I am surprised because at this point,
0: I mean, I just look at
1: myself as a baseball player. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I just really never saw myself um, as a big league baseball player. I don't I don't even know. I don't know why. I was just playing baseball. Yeah. And getting paid a little bit of money for it. But the, the funny thing is when I got that phone call, I just got the new agent. They didn't know who my agent was. My agent, if anybody's listening in St. Louis, that is probably our agent, followed hockey, Ken Wilson, the announcer back in the day. Oh, baby. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. He was your agent? He was my agent. How about that? <laughs> so I called him up and I said, hey, Ken. The um, Yankees just drafted me for shroud in the minor league rule five draft, and he gave me a what? An old baby! Oh, you're <laughs> kidding.
0: That's awesome. Welcome back. We are here with uh, our genius this week on the Your Genius Zone podcast, and this week's genius is the owner of CrossFit Valley Park in Valley Park, Missouri, uh, and he happens to be my best friend. Brandon Jackson. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you, Monty. I'm glad you're here with us because uh, really, you and I kind of got into the podcasting world together. Uh, you've been uh, doing your own podcast now with uh, Across the Valley Park, something called Mind Fit, and we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, for those folks who are tuning in for the first time, what this podcast is about, because it's not that you have to be a baseball player or a weightlifter or a gym owner. In this case, but you are good at something. Sometimes that goes right down to being a great mom. Sometimes that goes right down to uh, being somebody who's a great listener. And when people are around you, they just say, wow, I just feel heard. Uh, other times it's, it's something uh, physical or something even more mystical, like you're really good at praying for someone. I mean, these are all things that people value. We sometimes do them so easily, we don't value We think we're not a genius, we're not a gym owner, we're not a professional athlete, so how could we really consider ourselves a genius? And the truth is, to someone else, you are, because what you do best, you do it effortlessly and people notice when they're around you. Well, that's what your genius zone is about. It's not about saying you got to be brilliant. It's not about saying that you've got to be in peak physical condition. It's not about saying anything specifically is the measurement of your genius, except what people say about you that you do really, really well. And when you do that, it fills this gap in the world that is needed. So one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about today, Brandon, is the areas of your genius zone where you've discovered what you do really well. Now, I want people to have a little bit of background about some of your history before you were a gym owner. You were a professional baseball player as well. Yes, I played six years of professional baseball. And you were in two organizations, the Blue Jays and the Yankees organizations. That is true. You were a shortstop a very successful shortstop. Unfortunately, there was one shortstop above you who was even more successful named Derek Jeter, which means you're not going to get a lot of playing time and you're probably not going to be called up because he was uh, captain longevity. Uh, so you're, you're in an organization where your position is not, uh, you know, open, open. <laughs> so the Yankees
1: drafted me in the first round. I was their first pick. Now that was just the strangest thing to me because I get this phone call. Um, uh, from uh, uh, Rob Thompson, who was the farm director uh, for the Yankees, and he tells me that, that hey, we just drafted you uh, in the first round of the minor league rule five draft, and the plan is that you be the big league uh, utility player for the New York Yankees. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> totally shocked. I mean, I knew I had some, a couple good years prior to that, but I didn't know that it caught the eyes of a club like the Yankees who thought enough of me to think that I could play
0: for the big league club. You're basically saying the uh, best team in baseball is calling you up and saying, hey, this is your genius zone, and you're actually surprised by it. I am I am surprised because at this
1: point, I mean, I just look at myself as a baseball player. Uh, I, I just... I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I just really never saw myself um, as a big league baseball player. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know why. I was just playing baseball Yeah, and getting paid a little bit of money for it. But the, the funny thing is when I got that phone call, I just got the new agent. They didn't know who my agent was. My agent, if anybody's listening in St. Louis, that is probably our agent followed hockey, Ken Wilson, the announcer back in the day. Oh, baby. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. He was your agent? He was my agent. How about that? So I called him up, and I said, hey, Kim, um, the Yankees just drafted me first round in the minor league rule five draft, and he gave me a what? An oh, baby. Oh, you're kidding.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It was great. It wow. Was great. That's so, pretty cool. It was. That's what genius is about. So when Brandon says, hey, I didn't even know. I was this good until I get a phone call from Ken Wilson, oh baby, or from the Yankees guy saying, you know, Hey, we're going to draft you first. That's because he genuinely did not realize the thing that he did easily was being observed by a whole lot of people who were saying that the fact that it's easy for him is what makes it his genius. We wanted to do that over here. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have uh, adverse circumstances. It doesn't mean your body's not going to you know, challenge you or circumstances are going to come where, where it's hard to do what you do even easily because of the circumstances of your life. I think that's called, you know, uh, really real life. And, and, and truly, I want people to understand that this genius zone idea is that the thing you do best, you just keep doing. You don't stop doing it. You keep at it. You keep at it, you keep at it, no matter what the circumstances are. Because when you do, it leads you to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. What most people don't know is from the time I was
1: drafted, I, most people want to punch me in the nose that really like baseball. Um, I was looking for an exit strategy out of the sport.
0: Yeah. Um, and So even though it was easy for you, And everybody wanted to have it be as easy for them as baseball players around you. You didn't even really like it that much.
1: I I didn't want to, no, I I didn't really want to play all that much. Uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, I didn't hate the sport. I just didn't love it like probably people thought
0: I did or should. Okay, and let's go into that a little bit because I think this will really connect with some people. And here's why. You were doing something for other people. Right? You've told me that basically the reason you played baseball, besides the fact that it was easy for you and it was a genius zone for you, it was in part to please your dad, your mom, you know, your hometown that was so proud of you for being a professional athlete. Um, that's exactly why I pursued it.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately... Um so I mean, I guess in some sense you you know you reflect back, and, and or at least I'm reflecting back. I mean, I'm 42 now. You know, my goodness, that was 20 years ago. You know, uh, that I was clearly seeking approval to uh, to family and friends. You know,
0: um, it's just that's what I was doing. Mm. Mm. And so I, I guess this is why I want to point it out your genius zone to everyone else doesn't necessarily mean that's what you want to do. (laughs) Right? Right. Just because you're good at something and you're a genius at it, in my view, I was never a baseball player, so I'm going to go ahead and call you a genius because you were. In a Yankees organization, I think everybody out there listening is going to agree with me. And at the same time, what makes something your true genius zone versus just something you're good at is that you actually love doing
1: it. No doubt about it because... Here's what happened is, as soon as that as soon as soon that happened, um, I called my buddy, Kevin Cash, who is now the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. And I was playing with him. We were uh, in the Blue Jays organization together. He was a catcher. And we became really good friends. And he lived in Tampa. Well, the Yankees' uh, spring training is in, is in Tampa. So I called him up and said, hey, can I come down and, and stay with you? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, I'd like to get down there early. Uh, at least two weeks early. Started, yeah, because in St. Louis, I mean, it's still cold out, and I wanted to get down there and get a leg up. Because at this point, I'm thinking I would always ta- I'd always taken my job seriously, but it was time to take it up a notch for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So I went down early and uh, stayed with Kevin, and uh, that's practicing, working out, training, and I would go to the uh, to the facility. Uh, the Yankees facility, and uh, I'm showing up there, and people know who I am. It was strange because I'd never met these people, but they knew who I was. So I thought to myself, "Okay, there is something here." And so spring training starts, doing well, and I'm actually uh, I'm a predominantly I'm a shortstop, but in my head they said the uh, the, the plan is. To uh, to be have you be a utility big league utility player for and then they're like hey we're gonna have you play third in this in this uh, this next inning I go in I uh, Andy Phillips who played in the big leagues not at the time he's still in the minor leagues uh, with me he rips one uh, and we were just playing an inner squad it was just early in spring training and he and I dive down the line. And as I dive, my sh- my glove hand shoulder comes right outside. Mm. So at that point, um, everybody comes. I mean, I can't even get, I can't even get up because I can't even move my left arm. And immediately I thought to myself, there was my shot. It's gone. My shot's gone. They're playing the big leagues. Um, so anyhow, that's kind of where it started. And then Months later is when I got introduced uh, to a guy by the name of Steve Baum, and that's where my fitness career as being a trainer slash coach uh, began.
0: Great. Well, I don't want to skip over that for any other reason than time, because yeah. I want to get into CrossFit, because yeah. you're now the sole owner of uh, CrossFit Valley Park. After, you know, doing this for about 11 years, you you really have the uh, foremost gym in St. Louis, when it comes to CrossFit, because in 2007 CrossFit was was unknown, and it is now you know uh, quite famous through Reebok and the CrossFit Games, and there's a CrossFit gym on you know they call it a box on every corner, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, and yet you're still on the forefront of it because you have discovered over the years what it takes to do CrossFit without injury.
1: Yeah. So when we started. Nobody knew what CrossFit was, and we were gub-ho about what was going on. We thought it was fantastic, and it and it was, and it still is. But it just got to a point where um, what I got in the business for, got into CrossFit for, was um, for people to feel good, have fun, community. And that's really what it was about. I wanted people to wake up in the morning and get out of bed and go, right to the bathroom or the coffee pot and feeling good about it. I don't want people to get out of bed and shuffle their feet and their joints and lean over and have to warm up for three minutes walking around their living room before they felt like they could start their day. And that's what I started to find out, not only myself, but other people were feeling. Even though we were having fun working out, we were kind of getting beat up. Mm. And I thought, this is not what I signed up for. So, uh, these last few years, I had this frustration. And uh, I said, CrossFit is great, it's missing something, mm. and something has to change. So, insert of our program that we're doing now, which is more CrossFit now than it ever has been. We fell in this trap where we used the what we call the barbell. That's the long bar in gyms. Uh, Generally, it's an intimidating piece for people that aren't familiar with uh, working out. And we just fell in the trap of using that every single day. And what we found out is most people aren't capable. And what I mean by capable is they don't have the flexibility to actually use the barbell, and even if now I have the flexibility, and even if you do have the flexibility, for whatever reason, that long bar is hard on your joints if you use it every single day. And I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a walking witness of it. I did it for years. And don't get me wrong, the long bar, the barbell is fun, but it's not worth um, the risk-reward. The feeling that you have year after year that using it is not worth that kind of fun because we can find other ways to have fun in working out. Yeah, now we still use the barbell. It's about twice a week. Use it in different areas, but uh, we use more. Uh, I shouldn't say more. We use the barbell about twice a week. We use a sandbag a week. We use dumbbells a week. We use kettlebells a week. Uh, so it's a, it's more of our. Ver- it's the constantly varied. That's why I'm saying we do
0: CrossFit now more now than we ever have. And so, okay, CrossFit to definition is what we were starting with, and I got distracted, but it's constantly varied functional movement at high intensity. Correct. Okay. So essentially it is effectively for everyone because what it's trying to do is mimic real-life Uh, actions that you take going upstairs going downstairs you know running uh errands doing whatever it is you know being in different positions moving different ways to pick up your kids to to uh take a box off the shelf to uh whatever it would be you would do in your everyday life Mm -hmm. and to just be strengthened in that everyday life so that you are healthy for the longevity of your life and that is that is so true but that's where um and that's what we do yeah um
1: But I would even say even us using the barbell isn't quite functional because that barbell is not a functional piece that you would find outside of
0: a gym. Yeah. It is just a tool to get stronger in a a, a way. So uh, essentially, it became sort of the staple of gyms that people would take pictures of themselves doing the barbell and everybody's looking at it going, look at the amount of weight on that thing, whoa. But in reality, it doesn't mirror anything in life.
1: Nothing in life, actually. I, I cannot find anything out there that you can pick something up that has the perfect diameter to fit your hands
0: to grab a hold of it and pick it up. There's nothing out there. Yeah, side note. It was actually created by a circus performer. He took the axle oh. off of a car, right? right like the, the, the bar that holds the two wheels under a car, and used it as a showcase event during the circus, because he was the strong man who could pick up this bar with lots of weight on either side. And then that salesman came along and just dis- dis- realized, wait a minute, people are impressed by this. Let's get let's get this sold to every gym in, you know, you know, 1900s. And it became a staple in physical fitness. So it's actually a circus uh, element. And yeah, <laughs> you it's funny that. to say that, but like, Hey, when when you're putting up pictures of you doing fitness at the gym, you don't put up a picture of yourself doing, you know, I don't know, push-ups. Okay.
1: No, and, and so it's so interesting. It's something profound is happening right now as you talk that as you talk about. It's actually a circus act, and that is what has turned. Uh, that's what CrossFit, in my mind, has kind of turned into a circus act. And what I mean by that, the CrossFit Games people doing muscle-ups and handstand push-ups and walking on their hands and so forth and so forth, all of that stuff, that is not real-life stuff. Okay? Now, what are those things? You mean we walk on our feet? Right. (laughs) So but here's the thing. If you can walk on your hands, if there is a set of rings or something and you can do a muscle-up, these are party tricks. These are party tricks. They're cool. I will give it that. Those are really, really cool things to do. But mimicking real real life, not so much. Who in the world would uh, stand on their head? Stand on their head and do handstand push-ups. Tell me how functional that is. I don't know. I, I really don't know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, that that's uh, nonetheless that it's it's part of the sport of CrossFit, which it's a sport. It's great. You can't argue and say that the sport is wrong. I mean, it's a sport. It'd be saying, like, baseball's wrong or football's wrong or soccer's wrong. It's it's a sport. You can do whatever you want with it. Right. And I think the sport is fantastic. But people need to understand there's a very, very, very big difference between the sport of CrossFit
0: and the fitness program itself in CrossFit. And so let's go there because one of the things you discovered over the 11 years of being a genius in CrossFit, i mean, really, truly Always sort of staying ahead of the curve of CrossFit, even before people knew what CrossFit was. But then afterwards, perfecting, it, getting to a place where you understood its utility in everyday life. You knew that this was really about people for everyone, not just your muscle heads, not just your circus performers, let's call it. Not just people who wanted to show off on Instagram, but everyday life people who were saying, you know what, I'm getting injured because I'm getting older. And, and and little things are you know tweaking my back or my shoulder or my neck or whatever it is. I want something that's going to be the most functional way to move. And you were always on the front end of figuring out how. Yes, that's what CrossFit always was.
1: Yeah, I, I would say um, I don't know if we I don't know if the word is entirely figuring it out. I would just say we went back to the roots of Cro- what CrossFit really really mm-hmm. was. Um, did we add in um, strong fit principles? I think that was the missing link. I think if that's what you're talking about is, is uh, being on the front end or figuring things out, I think strong fit principles has um, closed the gap for what CrossFitters uh, needed, mm-hmm. And that's why we use uh, strong fit principles
0: in uh, what we do. Um, and, and tell us a little bit what is what does what is that mean? I mean, essentially, it's getting back to functional lifting, right? Yeah. So
1: basically, in, in StrongFit, what we take the idea is. Uh, let me back up here. CrossFit basically uses about twelve to fifteen exercises, and regurgit the sport regurgitates them over and over each week. You just slice and dice them in different rep schemes and rounds and whatnot, and uh, give people. You know a little bit of a different stimulus uh, as you as you slice and dice these exercises, right? Well, the, the the problem with using the same twelve to fifteen exercises every single week is that you start to uh, overload and build up specific muscles, and you neglect others. Mm. So what we are doing with the with the uh, with with StrongFit is just working the muscles that don't get worked in in a traditional, what people would say, uh, CrossFit workouts are, mm-hmm. are doing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I mean, I mean, this is a, this would be an awful long podcast if we went into the great details because not only do we, we're,
0: we're trying to balance people out, you know. Uh, people are using the, one side of their body more than the other. Yes, people yes. are sitting at their chair at their desk and they've crossed their leg one right. way and then... Their their back is hurting on one side and not the other side. Yeah,
1: or or, or the, you know the, the the
0: quad is overly developed and the hamstring underdeveloped. Uh, you know
1: the, the, because they're
0: getting in the regular gym and they have no instruction,
1: right? Or the teres major is overdeveloped and they don't have a lat dorsi. that they that you know what, what we found out even in our gym and um I would say every gym in town if they're not doing this most of their members cannot
0: activate their lat Dorsey or know where, or where it's even at yeah well and so that that this is problem. where you're getting into his genius yeah, sound, yeah. As you can hear because i have no idea what a lat Dorsey is it sounds like a famous actress actually <laughs> but uh you know I, I think that what we're talking about though is that you have a, a, a skill in baseball that was a genius for many people but it was not what you wanted to do and so you are on this search you continuously search you continuously search and you have found a sweet spot at progressing a movement called CrossFit that's for everyone, that helps people get healthy. And, and what you have found through your injuries even from baseball has helped you get healthy in a way that you feel so confident you're doing the right thing because it's the right thing for you, but it's also benefiting everyone around you.
1: Um, no question. I mean, here's the deal. When you are healthy... And you feel good and strong, you're empowered. And I think everyone walking the planet needs to feel that empowerment. And until I find something different that will do that, uh, this is where I'll be in terms of fitness.
0: Yeah. So you even said something. It's about empowering people. Yeah. So so you you you, yep. you are kind of dialing in on something that that when you find your genius zone, it's about other people. It's not about you. Right. So, I mean, if we're really, really
1: talking about the genius zone, if, if you just flat out ask me, I would say it's just uh, being with people and, and how to uh, be with people, how to treat people, how to listen to people, how to uh, ask big questions to people. Um... Serving people—that um, what I would say is more of my genius zone because I truly, truly care about people, and I wanna—I want—I want to know where they want to go and help them get there. Um, because the truth is, um, when I got into this, um, people are broken not just physically broken, right? People are walking around with ailments all over, ankles, knees, hips, back, shoulders, whatever. Uh, But they're also broken internally. Their hearts are broken. They're emotionally, mentally broken. I mean, we live in a broken world. Mm. And I wanted to create a place, a safe place where people can come and exercise, take a deep breath, get to know people, build relationships and start to let the walls come down
0: while also building
1: up their strength. Yeah. It's an interesting combination. Hmm. It's like, how does that happen where they start to become vulnerable, but yet they start to get stronger. I mean, but I think that's how it works. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable before you can be built up. It's just like a muscle. Hmm. You got to tear the muscle down. build it back up the same with the mind your emotions everything it has to be broken down you have to get to the end of yourself
0: so you can be built back up again it's interesting because I I think people are hearing your genius now but I think you're also hearing it you're starting to realize wait a minute this is what I am really good at And, and really dialing in the fact that it's about people, but it's also about the process of building people. Building people up, empowering people, and making their lives better starts with acknowledging our brokenness. (laughs) If you, one thing that I've learned
1: is um, if somebody tries to tell me they're fine and they're they're not broken, they got it all together, Not only are they lying to me, they're lying right to themselves. So the sooner that they can go, hey, I got issues, the sooner we can start working. Right? The sooner we can start building. Right. And if they don't do that, they're gonna make they're gonna put up a few bricks on 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 the on the building, but it's not gonna last.
0: So your growth is proportional to your ability to acknowledge reality?
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because other than
1: that, you you're, you end up living this, you end up living this lie, and uh, you're just you're you what you're ultimately trying to do is not only are you trying to fake other people out, you're literally trying to fake yourself out.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. So one of the things I want to point out here is that, you know, in this process of even being here, telling the story of CrossFit Valley Park. One of the things Brandon's had a hard time to do is actually kind of acknowledge places where his genius zone um, was, he was a little uh, shy about sharing it. Like you were shy about sharing baseball with me for years. We've been friends for 10 years. Some of these stories I had to literally pull out of you. And part of that was because um, there was the secret that You know, you hadn't really shared with many people, which was you didn't really care that much about baseball, and so you you kind of had to kind of start there and say, you know, it wasn't that important to me. Before you could kind of figure out what was important to you, right? Yeah, and so so a lot of folks who are listening to this are going to be in a spot where if if you are a person who's seeking approval by what you're doing, like let's say you're getting a lot of money for what you're doing, but you hate what you're doing. Okay, and I know that's a lot of people listening. Or, or there are people who are uh, doing what they're doing to please their husband or their wife or their mother or their father. Or, or maybe just, just because it's making ends meet, but they're miserable. Miserable, miserable. And it's, it, it's something you're effective at, but it's maybe not something you want to be doing. It's okay to acknowledge that. It doesn't mean you have to throw it away or quit. It does mean you just say, yeah, this isn't what I'm built for. This isn't turning me on. This isn't my genius. And begin sort of a process of, like you did with CrossFit, of figuring out, yeah, I love this, but there's still something missing. I would
1: tell people, trust the process and just don't give up on yourself. Um, Because what I would say is you're worth it. You're, you're worth it. You're worth giving the effort. You're you're worth the time. You're worth the investment. Um, and I think people struggle with that. I know I have. I know I have at a time where you, you, you wrestle with your value and uh, you put yourself on the back burner
0: or you just don't think you're as great as you really are. Yeah. So you have now tackled... Uh, major, minor minor league baseball. You've tackled uh, the injuries you face, circumstances that have you know, tried to discourage you. You haven't gotten down. You've been a personal trainer. You're now doing personal training again, which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, doing doing it for executives yep. and, and, and working with, with uh, you know, high-level people who don't have a whole lot of time uh, but who, who need somebody who's an expert to focus in on how they can maximize that time to benefit their life. Their fitness, their physical physique, but also their mental health and their nutrition, and all these other things that go go into what you do. Uh, but now you've mastered uh, also owning a CrossFit gym and and tweaking as you go. Not necessarily saying, okay, we figured it all out because we opened a CrossFit first. But now we're gonna, you know, be practitioners of making CrossFit do what it says it's supposed to do, which is help people get in the best shape of their life without getting injured. So what's next? I can say this much. I'm a man of change.
1: And uh, we're still honing in of what we're doing right now. Uh, But I can tell you this much. You have me on your podcast this time next year, it's going to sound very different. (laughs) I can assure you that. Mm -hmm. I can assure you that. And if anybody really, the people that really do know me, um, I can only sit on something for so long. And even if it's going well, I won't sit there very long. I have to change, and which is uh, pretty crazy because generally most people hate change, Mm. Um, and that is the battle as a business owner. When you're always changing things, you know your uh, your members start to get a little, um, man, it's changing again. Uh, So. The big thing that I'm learning is I want to change, but maybe not too fast. I want to constantly be changing every few months, adding something in to where it might not look like much of a change. But if you, if you put a timeline on it, a, a, a lapse time, mm-hmm. like a video of uh, an audio and stuff and just watching things evolve that in 12 months, you're like, wow, it really changed. I didn't know it, but actually looking back, it actually did change. And it was fun. And it was fun. But talking about how everybody has a, a genius zone, um, I bet most people out there are going, okay, I believe you that I have a genius zone, but I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is to get a rock-solid coach, mentor, somebody that can um, ask him some really, really good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you answer them, honestly. Honestly. And it'll probably be more than just a series of questions. It might be quite a few lunches, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, let that coach or mentor hear your story. And 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 I promise you, a good coach is going to find out what your genius zone is. And you might even know it, but they'll pull it out of you. Uh, I think that's what's going on. I think today, um, more and more people are getting coaches. At least I think the smart people are. Mm -hmm. I think the smart people are getting coaches and willing to go, Hey, help me do this. I think I have something going on, but help me figure out exactly what it is that's that's something going on. I can see something stewing in me or around me, and I want to grab a hold of it. Help me figure out what that is. You need somebody you need you need somebody to help coach you need to be around people a team whatever that is if you are uh, so even if you are a leader you need someone with you because here's the deal leading is hard it's a lonely place it's an unpopular place and those leaders need coaches they need mentors and if not I am pretty sure those leaders will crash and burn. Mm. Crash and burn. And even if they don't, even if by spit and vinegar, if they will it out, they are going to be extremely miserable when they get to the end of the end. Because they're still alone? They're still alone. Mm. And they're running that rat race. Mm. And you know what? Even if they win the race, you know what
0: they still are? Mm, a rat They're still a rat <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I hate to, to wind out here Because there's so much more I want to ask you about But I feel like it's a good punchline to the whole day Which is, you know, don't do this alone You know, uh, no one needs to be left behind it's, it's your gym's sort of motto No one's left behind CrossFit is for everyone Don't quit Don't make any excuses. Do get a coach in your life. Do get somebody in in your uh, physical fitness mindset space that can push you and challenge you to a a more uh, positive outcome for you, a stronger outcome for you, a a place where you are able to chase after your genius zone with full health, right? And and, um, when you have people who are invested in you because you're investing in yourself, you can... Uh, fully reach your potential at, at whatever it is you're good at. Um, so I hope you're hearing this and I hope you're enjoying it. I wanna do a little plug for you, Brandon. This is CrossFit Valley Park, uh, but you are the owner here. And, and um, you know, is, is is there something coming up this summer or or is there something going on this summer that, that people should know about, whether they're, you know, uh, college students, whether they're mothers and fathers, uh, whether they're, you know, physical athletes who wanna, you know, uh, to make sure their injuries are, are sustained. T- tell us a little bit about it. Maybe it's somebody like you, know, you do executive coaching. Sure. Just give us a little bit about uh, how everybody can benefit from CrossFit.
1: Yeah, so uh, most Saturdays, for example, this Saturday, we have what we call our breakfast club, where you come and get a chance to see the place, meet some people, you get a fantastic workout in, we feed you, and uh, you get to really get a good idea of who we are and what we do here. And that's totally complimentary. All you have to do is show up. Uh, 9 a.m. We do those most we'll take a couple weeks off uh, through Memorial uh, weekend and whatnot and then we'll start back up I want to say like June 9th is when we start the breakfast club back up and then we'll pretty much run them mostly every Saturday um, from that point we do have for college students coming in uh, we offer to college students because here's the you deal: know, college students most of them are on student loans like crazy so from Memorial Day to Labor Day, it's a total of $199, and it's a special just for college students. And uh, so that's really the, the, the big things. I and mean, we've got a couple seminars coming in, a, a, a parkour seminar that will be here. Uh, Andrea Egger uh, will be doing her gymnastics seminar here in July. Uh,
0: so we got some things going on. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're coaching uh, as well. So, so you, you uh, have some, some folks who are working with people at you know, Enterprise, possibly Merit, some other places like that. But, but you also do individual one-on-one coaching. I do. Most of the people that I work with, uh,
1: I mean, I'll, I'll work with anybody. But what I find are the people that are coming to me are generally CEOs or presidents of companies uh, that, I'm, that I find myself working with. Um, uh, but I'll work with mom or dad if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm just telling you that's who I'm generally, when I'm training.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's because your time's pretty limited, I assume.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, most of my time is, is running the business. Um, I still enjoy coaching, uh, but most of my time is running my business and I, I got two kiddos. I got a 12 and a 10 year old and they're pretty active in track. So, um, they got a, a decent commitment of getting them to the track practice and we have um, track meets you know on the weekends and, and things like that so yeah my family is important to me mm-hmm. so my so my time is definitely uh, very valuable
0: right right and and you have uh, assembled quite a team here across the Valley Park as well so that you are are doing quite a bit more of uh, You know, the ownership side of things uh, and doing just a little bit of the executive coaching.
1: Yeah. So, I I mean, uh, this past summer, I hired a coach, a head coach, that is, uh, Natalie Kummer. And she is fantastic. And she's uh, pretty much leading the charge for our coaches. And I have Jake Shukart, Margaret Junker, Monica Kunkel, Jeffrey Myers, uh, Nathan Wood, Ed Bielek. And all of these guys—I miss it—Stephen Cooper, Miriam, 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 yep, Miriam Wigman and uh, Stephen Cooper. I mean, all of these guys specialize in different things. So we have an array of people—men, women, young, old—not really old, but young, older—and they all have their their niche for sure. So we got a wide range of talented coaches that can serve anyone in town. So we got some. Really smart people around here, and um, well, that's why they're hired. Me. Nah. They make me look a lot
0: better than what I Well, <laughs> right, and that's what good <laughs> leaders do—they lead. Good leaders, and that's one of the things that uh, we'll we'll touch base. I, I want to get you back because we want to talk about leadership. The next, I want to talk about what what it is that makes a, a, a genius leader. You know, somebody who's always invested in other people. That's something you've always seemed to do. It's something that probably is an untapped thing that you don't even think about but i watch you do it every day uh as as i've gotten to be a part of things here at crossfit valley park i've watched you encourage other people build into other people invest in other people uh pour your resources into other people for their benefit but in the in the long term when you do that as a leader it benefits everybody i feel that's what i'm called to do so i just do it to you if you're listening uh This is your genius zone. This is about you. Hopefully you're taking from this. When you discover your genius zone, you'll be serving other people too. And they'll be the ones who benefit because you are living in that sweet spot uh, that you're created to live in. And it is about leadership. It is about you leading yourself where you're enjoying your life. You're, You're feeling strong. You're feeling empowered. And it's not hard, but it is something you do consistently because when you do it, Uh, other people benefit and we look forward to uh having you again brandon thanks so much uh, for everything you guys are doing across the valley park thank you monty